This episode of Tales from Ostlantis is brought to you by Ostlantis Premium. Don't you just hate having your favorite podcast interrupted by ads like this? Well, dear listener, you're in luck. Because starting at just three bucks a month, you can support independent Chicano media and receive ad-free episodes, premium episodes, bonus content, and access to our Discord server. Just visit talesfromastlantis.com and click Go Premium, or follow the link in the show notes. And now, on with the show. You must excuse me. I've grown quite weary. This hasn't been easy, I know. But you've learned a lesson. A lesson in honesty. Honesty to yourself and honesty to others. That lesson will stand you in good stead all your life. I think we've all learned a good lesson. I've always heard that honesty is the best policy. Now I'm catching on to why that's so, to why that's so, to why that's so. Greetings, dear listeners. You are listening to yet another episode of Tales from Astlantis, a premium episode. I am your host, Curly Tlapoyawa, with my co-host, as always. Like a dickhead in the house. Oh, yeah. I got my uh, cubita here. Uh, what are you drinking I've, over there? I've I've become sort of a health nut, so I'm just drinking straight whiskey. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's 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 healthy. No, no more uh, Coke. No more um, Coke. No more mixing it with Coke, man. Yeah, I, I still mix it, man. Because you know, I mean, if 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 the intention is to you know have a little drink and enjoy the evening, then you have mm-hmm. to mix it. If the yeah. intention is to get tore up from the floor up, you know, <laughs> then. You just drink it straight. Yes, sir, Bob. So tonight we're going to be talking about a topic that a, a lot of people uh, are, are sort of familiar with, especially if you listen to hip hop or if you're up on like, you know, weird conspiracy stuff. And that is the, uh, the Moors or the Moorish identity movement here in the United States. And I wanted to kick it off. Uh, by reading from this book, I got this book called Kooks, and it's one of my favorite books because, um, ah, when did this come out? This came out like 1994, and uh, I picked it up at a, it was like a Barnes and Noble or a Walden Books or something. You remember Walden Books in the malls? Maybe Borders? Yeah, Borders. Um but this this book, uh, Kooks, A Guide to the Outer Limits of Human Belief by Donna Cossey. And it's just like this hodgepodge, a collection, if you will, of bizarre, you know, th- ways of thinking. So different conspiracy theories. And the one of the first chapters is called Black Messiahs. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to talk... A little bit about this Moorish movement, uh, which dates, you know, most people agree that it, it goes back to this guy, Noble Drew Ali. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I want to read from this book just to just to Wait, bring the listeners. Is, is that the same guy that uh, the five percenters came out of? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then um, who was it? Wallace Fard Muhammad, who founded the Nation of Islam, was one of his followers. Mm hmm. And after Noble Drew Ali died, uh, Muhammad, you know, W. Fard Muhammad uh, 
went around claiming that he was the reincarnation of noble Drew Ali. And that was sort of the impetus of the Nation of Islam from there. Mm-hmm. Which, if you ask anybody in the Nation of Islam, they, they deny that. But there's a great book called The Messenger uh, about the life of Elijah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. And it goes deep into the, the origins of the Nation of Islam. It's, it's a fascinating book. Mm-hmm. But I digress. If our listeners are not familiar with the Moorish identity movement, and the reason I wanted to talk about them is because, you know, just just to t- illustrate how pseudo-history and pseudo-archaeology can be manipulated and weaponized by charismatic individuals uh, to, to, to cause actual harm, you know, to communities and to, you know, in many ways, the way that this Moorish identity is being used right now is to attack indigenous identity and an indigenous people. So that's sort of like the overall arc of this episode. I'm going to take everybody on a little tour of melted history <laughs> that is Moorish identity. But this, uh, this book, Kooks, 1994, it starts off in a chapter called Black Messiahs. The Moorish Science Organization of Noble Drew Ali, who lived from 1886 to 1929, was the first black Islamic group in North America. How Islam, completely foreign to most Americans at that time, inserted itself into the black imagination is still somewhat of a mystery, though several authors provide clues. And then it goes on to talk about how Uh, This guy, uh, Islamic expert Peter Lamborn Wilson, suggests that it all began with black Freemasonry. Black Masonic lodges had existed clandestinely, at least since the Revolution, as the Chapter of the Eastern Star, the Order of the Golden Circle, and the Knights of the Invisible Colored Kingdom. That's actually kind of a cool name. Early in their history, the white Masons had borrowed some ideas and symbols from Islam, though their connection with mainstream of this Eastern religion is undoubtedly tenuous. This, however, didn't stop the Shriners, the ancient Arabic order nobles of the Mystic Shrine, founded in 1877 by Scottish Rite Masons, from parading publicly in exotic headgear. The Fez was to become their trademark. And as people will see... Everybody involved in the the Moorish identity movement, um, they love to wear these fezes. In fact, they claim that the fez was worn by like the ancient Maya and stuff. So wait, the Maya? Yeah, man. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Wilson introduces evidence which strengthens the connection between Freemasonry and Black Islam, and many point to the real origin of the ideas of Noble Drew Ali. During the Great Columbian Exhibition in Chicago, American blacks claiming initiation from visiting Muslim dignitaries founded the ancient Egyptian Arabic order of nobles of the shrine. Certain photographs exist of noble Drew Ali in Egyptian shriner gear. Even his famous Napoleonic pose is Masonic, or as his title, headgear and other favorite symbols. The various legends of Noble Drew Ali's origins tells us much about the followers of Moorish science as well as the mind of Noble Drew Ali. Derived from Ali's own claims, these legends explain how B. Timothy Drew, born in North Carolina to ex-slaves in 1886, was transformed into the religious prophet Noble Drew Ali, founder of Moorish science. 
The story goes that Drew was raised by Cherokee Indians and later Jeez. ran away with gypsies. So he's thrown it all in there. <laughs> One day he heard a voice say repeatedly, if you go, I will follow. He ran away to Egypt. Sources disagree, however, on whether he went there as a merchant seaman, a railway expressman, a railway expressman to Egypt, or a magician right. in a traveling circus. According to Wilson's account of the legend, while in Egypt, Drew met the last priest of an ancient cult of high magic who led him to the Great Pyramid blindfolded and abandoned him. When Drew found his way out, oh, so he led him into the Great Pyramid. <laughs> Wait, Drew? isn't this the plot of um, The Fifth Element or something? <laughs> sounds, it could be a movie. Uh, when Drew found his way out unaided, the Magus recognized him as a potential adept and offered him initiation. He received the name Sharif, Noble Abdul Ali. Apparently, the religious scripture, the Circle 7 Quran, was written while he was in Egypt. So he wrote his own version of the Quran. Uh, called the Circle 7 Quran. Then in 1913, back in Newark, New Jersey, Ali had a dream in which he was ordered to found a religion for the uplifting of fallen mankind. Wilson cites another source who places noble Drew Ali's pilgrimage in Mecca rather than Egypt, though Marsh says he went to Morocco where he received a commission from the king to teach Islam to North American blacks. So basically this guy, you know, the this religious movement, a new religious movement, that's like the nice way to refer to cults, right? Mm -hmm. uh, started uh, in the 1920s or around that time. And the teachings of the Moors sort of, you know, they incorporate a lot of pseudo history that states that, you know, black Africans came to what is now the Americas prior to Columbus ever being here and that they referred to the continents, the two continents of the Americas, North and South as a Mexum, a Mexum, a Mexum. And you'll hear rappers reference this, um, which brings us to this video clip. I'm going to hold on, hold on, hold on play. before you play the video clip. Sure. So the Moors, they get their name from what the fact that noble Drew Ali was in Morocco Yes. That's why they call themselves Moors? Yeah. I mean, there's more to it. You know, there's more to it. Morocco. <laughs> but basically, yeah, it, it, it kicks off with him going to Morocco, that kind of. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm, tonight I'm going to be showing a few video clips which will help fill in those blanks and we'll get to understand why they call themselves this and get a, get a, a better handle on their worldview and and why it's you know actually dangerous it's taken on a, a very um violent uh iteration in, in modern times but one of the uh purveyors of these pieces of pseudo history is one krs esquire one who you'll see here at this uh this concert he's giving adjust the volume i don't want to blow out our ears he says some pretty interesting things and it looks like he's he's speaking to an audience mainly of chicanos and, and mexican americans so this the message he's he's spreading here is pretty interesting so let's check this okay. out okay 
Can you hear that? No. No? Damn it. Vaguely. It sounds very mu- muffled. Yeah, I had to... Let me see. How about that? Yeah. All right. All right, so... Is that someone flipping them off? No, they're throwing up peace signs, I think. Well, at least he gives us that. We, we came from Africa, from a place called Kush. And we came to your shores like about 15,000 years ago. 15, and we 000. built the pyramids you see today. They built the pyramids. The same pyramids that are in Peru and in Mexico are the same pyramids in Egypt. The same mathematics that Why is in the Egypt is right there in right. Mexico. We are Fuck the you. same fucking people. No, we're fucking well, in, in the sense that we're all human beings. Yeah, but <laughs> not the same culture. Yeah, that's not what he meant. Yeah, we are the so that's same what he means. people. This is why these white racists, they want to keep mes- Mexicans back. Oh, they he was going to say Mexican. You hear that? Back. He caught himself. The only two Fuck people. you, Karis. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I think you should start has calling himself. Has, has been, or, has or been K- one. KRS Juan, maybe, since he's claiming to be the originator of Mexican. Has been. <laughs> or, uh, temples, but this is a common refrain amongst the Moors: is that the, um, you know, that the Olmec were an African civilization who came here and taught all of us stupid Mexicans how to build pyramids and how to do math and. And all of those things. Oh, this, none of this, of course, is true. Beaners, I didn't know jack shit <laughs> until we came yeah. and you guys how to do stuff. Are so lucky. You have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of Tales from Atlantis. For a mere three dollars a month, you will get access to our premium content every two weeks, as well as to the ever-expanding library of premium episodes. So visit talesfromastlantis.com and click Go Premium. Thank you for listening. Timo Itase. Thank you for listening to Tales from Atlantis, a project of the Chimali Institute of Mesoamerican Arts. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter. You can do this by visiting talesfromastlantis.com and clicking support the podcast. Your continued support will help keep the podcast ad-free and independent. Until next time, Timo Itase.